Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our online worship experience. Hey, it is an honor to have each of you join with us today. And uh, before I bring today's message, I want to just take just a brief moment and share with you some good news. God's been doing some incredible things, even though we have been going digital throughout the course of this uh, COVID-19 crisis, God has turned all of this around to really accomplish some amazing things. And so even in the midst of all the negativity, man, there's something good and positive taking place. We've had over the last 10 weeks, an average of over 3,400 views each and every week. People just like you that are dialing into our services. And what's even more incredible is to know that we've had over 38 people that have actually texted the number and said, hey, I decided, simply meaning that they put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. So I just want to say thank you and yay God for all that he's done and how he's using you to help share um, the message and um, you know to invite your friends. And I don't think it's ever been easier um, since in my lifetime to invite people to church and to, 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 to share the hope that's found in Jesus Christ than it is right now by simply inviting people to watch online. And so, hey, this would be a perfect opportunity for you to click those share buttons and invite some friends and family members to even be a part of this experience even as we speak. And then also, I want to hear from you. So make sure you um, text the number there on the screen. Uh, I would love to just know what's on your heart. If you have prayer requests or eight, maybe even praise reports, we'd love to celebrate with you. Maybe as it relates to God answering prayer or maybe a door of opportunity that God has opened for you as well. So whether it's a, a, a prayer request or a praise report, hey, we take those serious and we want to stand with you. And so please DM us or text us and let us know. Fill out that form and send it back to us so we can know more specifically of what God is doing in and through your life or how we can pray with you. Well, today we're in part two of a series we started last week called Stay Optimistic. And man, if there was ever a time we needed to have some positivity in our lives, it's now in light of everything going on in our world. But I have some good news. And the good news is I believe we can stay optimistic even in the midst of a lot of negativity, even before the coronavirus. It just seemed as though, um, you know, negativity, you know, or pessimism or criticism was kind of like the default mode of so many people's mindsets. And it's kind of interesting because when you think about everything going on in our world today, man, if there's one thing that will help us remain or stay optimistic, it's this. And, and here's kind of the key focus, the key point that we're going to be talking about, and that is having an attitude of gratitude. And if you want to shift your perspective and you want to begin to see the glass half full, in other words, you want to remain optimistic about everything in light of the things that are beyond your control, well, the best thing to do is to shift your perspective away from the things that you don't have and really focus on the blessings that you do have. Because isn't it ironic that we have been blessed so much and yet even in the midst of all the blessings that we do have that God has blessed us with, so it's easy and tempting to be ungrateful about so many things that are not going 
right in our world. And so with that in mind, you know, it's kind of interesting and I'll put it to you just in very simple forms here with an example. Take the weather. You know, we live here in Florida and, you know, we always tell people visiting from out of state, hey, if you don't like our weather, we'll stick around for an hour because it will change. But isn't it interesting that we find a way to complain or criticize or condemn, you know, things that we don't like. So when it comes to the weather, you know, our attitude is, well, it's too hot. Well, if it's too hot, we wish it was, you know, colder. Or maybe it's too dry, we, we, you know, or it's too wet, or, or maybe it's too cloudy, or it's too sunny. You know, if you, um, if you have thick hair, you want thinner hair. You know, if you've got thin hair, you want thicker hair. If you want curly hair, you want straight hair. If you got straight hair, you want curly hair. You know, if you don't have hair, you wish you just had some hair. You know what I'm saying? So it's funny how even in the most simplistic things in life, we can tend to be ungrateful and discontent. Let me give you another example. I mean, only in America can you drive a vehicle with air conditioning. Now, I realize some don't have AC, but think about it. A lot of people have a climate-controlled car that they drive, and they pull up to their home, and what do they do? They push a button. What happens? A door goes up. You pull your car in a, in a secure, protective environment. You push the button again, and the garage door goes down. You walk into your climate-controlled house. What do you do? You go to the refrigerator. You open up the fridge, you look inside, there's food. And what do we say? There's nothing to eat around here. And then, and if you've got high schoolers, you know, or teenagers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or then you go to your room, for example, you're getting ready. You go into your closet that has a whole closet full of clothes. And then what do we often find ourselves saying? I have nothing to wear. Now, you know, you've said that before. I've said it. You've said it. We've all said it. But isn't it crazy to know that with all the things that we have been blessed by God with, we find a way to be negative. We find a way to complain. We find a way to be ungrateful about all the incredible blessings in our lives. And so with that in mind, experts have actually uh, shown through, re through research that really the attitude of gratitude is one of the keys to unlocking so many other positive virtues or qualities or values in our lives. And so with that in mind today, we're going to talk about how to embrace an attitude of gratitude because that's going to help us stay optimistic. Now, I want to share with something that was really impactful for me um, this past week. I was actually at um, the Veterans Administration, the VA hospital that's near where we live here in Lake Nona, just in the uh, suburban area of Orlando. Beautiful, beautiful hospital. And I was walking down the halls and just really moved. You know, tomorrow is Memorial Day. And obviously we are honoring the incredible men and women of our military, those who um, are fallen heroes, those who have sacrificed and have given of themselves to literally fight and defend our freedom here in America that we are so blessed and fortunate to have. And, you know, as I was walking through this VA hospital there were incredible moving pictures on both sides. It was really somewhat emotional for me as I began to just think about who those people were, these incredible men and women, these tremendous heroes. And as I was thinking about, you know, everything that those people had endured through all the you know, the, 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 the wars that had taken place from World War I and II and Vietnam and all the incredible photographs, 
I saw a statement that kind of stood out to me, and here's what it said. It said, I got your six, and I'd never seen that or heard that before, and I didn't really know what it was about, and I read the description, and here's what it basically said. The description of I got your six was really kind of like military terminology, if you will, when a comrade would tell another comrade that, hey, I've got your six, meaning, and they did this a lot in the aeronautical uh, military, where you may have a pilot and their co-pilot who says, hey, I got your six. In essence, what that means is, is that the 12 o'clock represented what's in front of you. The six o'clock represented what's behind you. So when someone said, hey, I got your six, what their essence, in essence, what they're saying is, hey, I got your back. I've got your back. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the men and women who have served our country, who have fought, and, and for many of those who have fallen in the line of duty, I'm thankful that they've had our back, that they fought to help defend our freedom. But I'm also thankful that God has our back, that he's got our six, knowing that even though we may not know or see or understand you know, everything that's going on in front of us or even behind us, guess what? God is looking out for our best interest. He's got our six. He's got our back. And what's interesting, when you think about gratitude, we ought to be grateful for all that God has done in our lives. And so today we're going to learn from a pretty powerful story about some individuals who were known as lepers in the Bible. Now, what's interesting about lepers, lepers was kind of like a modern day coronavirus. We all know the impact of leprosy and what it does to people's lives. But back in biblical times, lepers were considered in many ways outcast because they were uh, deemed in, in, from a religious perspective as unclean. In other words, they were not fit to go into the temple to worship like others. And the reason why is because, you know, those with leprosy, it was highly, highly contagious. So therefore they had to be quarantined, much like people who have the coronavirus today. They're having to be quarantined from friends and family that cannot even get near them. And so your heart goes out because of the separation and the disconnect that family members have because somebody has a contagious disease. Well, in this case, the lepers, unfortunately, they were required by law when someone was, you know, coming near, they had to yell out, you know, unclean, unclean to let people know, to warn them. They practiced social distancing. In fact, they were required to wear little bells on their clothing. And the reason for that was to help, if anything, let people know that a leper was nearby. And so you can imagine the pain, not just physically, but the humiliation and the sense of rejection of being an outcast in society. And so we pick up the story in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And here's what it says. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And he entered a village there. And 10 lepers stood at a distance crying out. Now notice they were standing at a distance. Why? Because they couldn't get near. They were socially distancing themselves. And so they were crying out to Jesus. They said, Master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. Now I want to pause here for just a moment. And the reason why that's significant is because if a leper begin to sense that their leprosy was in remission or they were getting well from their leprosy, they were to go show themselves to the priest and the priest would determine whether or not they were truly cleansed or healed from the leprosy. 
And so therefore, Jesus was telling these 10 lepers to go and to show themselves to the priests. Now, they had not been healed at, at, in that moment. They had not been healed until Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priest. In essence, what he was doing is he was wanting them to be obedient. He was wanting them to act out in faith, to take that first step. And that's exactly what God requires of us. Sometimes we may not know what to do, and we may not understand what it is that maybe God is asking us to do. But here's the thing. When we're willing to step out in a faith decision, even when it may not make sense, God honors our faith and God acts on our behalf. Well, that's exactly what happened to these 10 lepers. As soon as Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priests, when they took off running, guess what? Their bodies suddenly begin to be transformed. They begin to experience healing in that moment. And here's where we pick up the story. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now notice one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he literally stopped in his tracks. He came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus's feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, he said, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. What a powerful story and a powerful reminder of how important it is that we stop for just a moment and we truly give glory to God for the blessings that he has given to our lives. In other words, don't be like the nine lepers who experienced something good from God, who received incredible healing and transformation and an incredible gift, and yet they got too preoccupied. They got too caught up in the moment. They got busy and distracted. They forgot to go back to the one who had healed them to say thank you. So I want to be like the one. And I pray that that's your heart, that you want to be like the one who stops and goes back to our Heavenly Father to give praise to Him, to thank Him, to express our gratitude. Because let me tell you something, if we're going to remain optimistic during these difficult days, one of the best ways that we can stay optimistic is to maintain an attitude of gratitude. Like the one leper, we are constantly reminded that, listen, if it were not if it were not God's help, if it, if it were not because of God's provision, if it were not because of God's blessing in my life, I wouldn't have what I have. I wouldn't be where I am. I, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm currently doing. I am who I am and I have what I have and I'm able to do what I do all because of Jesus. And so with that in mind, let me give you three statements that I think will help us, if anything, be reminded of the importance of maintaining an attitude of gratitude. And the first is this, if you're taking notes, and that is, I know that every good thing I have comes from God. Now, James 1.17 says it this way, every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. In other words, listen, man, every good thing, every blessing, you know, every provision in your life, trust me, it is a gift from God. 
Now, you may be listening and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I agree with that. You know, I'm one of these who've worked hard to have what I have. You know, I didn't have anything growing up. I've kind of pulled myself up my own bootstraps. And man, I've worked hard to get what I have. I, you know, I've earned my success. I've paid the price. And, you know, and, and you know what? There may be obviously an element to truth to that. I'm sure that there are many who've worked hard. In fact, you've been a good steward with, you know, your talents and with your skill sets and, you know, with all that you have truly achieved in your life. But here's the thing you got to also remember that every skill, every gift, every talent, you know, every opportunity, everything that you've benefited from, let me ask you a question. Who gave you those skills? Who gave you those talents? Who gave you the creativity? Who gave you those ideas? Who gave you those skills? I'll tell you who it is. It's your creator. You see, every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, comes from God. Now, here's the thing. God is a giver, and he is the giver of all good things, and we need to remind ourselves of that. When you think about all the great heroes of the faith, you know, when you look throughout the, the entire Bible, for example, look at what God did to provide for them, to protect them, to bless them in so many ways. In fact, it's, it's countless when you look at all the great heroes of the faith in the Bible. Let me give you a few examples of what I'm talking about. Think about Noah, for example. God gave him a plan to build an ark to help save his family. And so when you think about what God did, God gave Noah, remember, he'd never seen rain, and yet he, he had a plan architecturally and, and from an engineering perspective on how to build something that no one had ever even seen. And so God gave him a plan. Notice also another example, the Israelites. Remember, they, we talked about a little bit about this last week. God freed the people from, uh, from 400 years of slavery and bondage in Egypt. And it was an 11-day journey that they you know, had to walk from Egypt to the land of Canaan, the land that God had promised. And yet it was through that journey that God provided manna, food from heaven. It was also the fact that he gave them a, a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night to help guide and navigate their steps. And so when you think about that, God provided that for them. Look at young shepherd boy David. What did God do? God gave him a stone in order to kill and to take down a giant known as Goliath. Think about Jonah. Jonah was running from God, but yet God, because of his love, God intervened. And what did he do? He sent Jonah a fish to literally swallow him up and then spit him back out in the precise direction that God wanted and needed Jonah to go. Think about Mary, young Mary, who was the one whom God chose. She was highly favored in the eyes of God, and yet God chose her because of her faith. God gave her the faith to accept whatever it was that God wanted her to do. And of course, we know that God wanted her, he chose her to give birth to the son of the living God, Jesus himself. Now think about the wise men after the Christ child was born. What did God give them? He gave them a star to help lead and to navigate their steps so that they could go and actually bow down and worship the Christ child. So when you think about all the gifts that God has given some of the great heroes of the faith, think about the gifts that God has given to you and me through the form of spiritual blessings. Think about Jesus himself. He is the spotless, sinless lamb of God that actually gave his life for your sins 
and for mine. Think about the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells inside of us as followers of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our convictor. He counsels us. He guides us in every step of our lives. Notice Another gift that God has given us, which is the Bible. Think about it. It's God's love letter to you and me. It is God's revelation to give us wisdom and insight and knowledge of God. And it is a way to help guide and navigate our steps so that they may be successful, according to Joshua 1, 8, 9. So when you think about our health, God has given us good health. He's blessed us with the ability to have maybe the health that we do have. You think about our friendships. God has given us friends to love us, and he's given us life so that we can live life on purpose and make an eternal impact for his glory. So let me tell you something, every gift, every blessing that God has given us, we ought to be like that leopard who goes back to Jesus and says, thank you for the incredible blessings that you have given to me. So there's a second key statement, and that is this, I will not let what I want rob me from what I have. Let me repeat that. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Have you ever noticed when you're watching TV or you're flipping through a magazine or maybe you see, you know, all these paid ads, you know, on Facebook or Google ads or whatever it is, man, we have got some marketing experts who have mastered the craft of being able to paint a picture through these ads, through powerful TV commercials and man, Prime example is the prime real estate of a Super Bowl ad. People spend literally millions of dollars to capture your attention for what reason? To basically tell you everything that you don't have and to show you everything that you need in order to be happy. I'll never forget, as long as I live, Michelle and I, when we were young, I mean, newlyweds, we both um, brought into our marriage cars that were paid for. So it was an incredible blessing. So I drove an old uh, Jeep um, Cherokee and it was spacious and it was, um, you know, still in great condition. And, but it, the good news, it was paid for. And then my wife, Michelle, she had this gnarly looking canary yellow Camaro. I'm talking about like, and it was, it was, it was pretty amazing. Had white <laughs> vinyl seats. I don't even know if they make those things anymore, but anyway, um, it was paid for the good news. It was paid for. So we were both blessed. We had, you know, two cars that worked and we had no car payment. Well, some friends of ours had just bought a brand new two door little sports car convertible and they were flaunting it in front of us. And man, you know, we were like, wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. And they, they're having so much fun. And then we would watch them pull into the, their driveway. And we were thinking, man, that would be so, that would be so much fun to have one of those little sports cars. Well, you know what Michelle and I did? We made one of the most boneheaded decisions I think we've ever made since we've been married in nearly 29 years. And we actually, guess what? We traded both of those cars in for a little two-door Mitsubishi Eclipse Turbo, little convertible. And guess what? We were still upside down at the thing. We had a new car payment, high insurance, and we were thinking to ourselves, why did we do that? Let me tell you why. We did the same thing with a lot of other people. In other words, we, we were tempted to buy something that we didn't need with money that we didn't have in order to impress people, to be quite honest with you, we didn't even know or didn't even like. And that's crazy when you think about the, 
stuff that people do in this day and age, all because of being discontent, all because of not being grateful for the blessings that we do have. In fact, in Ecclesiastes 6, 9, it says it this way, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So trust me, it is better to embrace what God has already given you than to always be wanting more. I tell young people this all the time when it comes to social media, and I believe that adults are even as, as guilty as, as, as our young people are, and that is this. Let me tell you something. When you are scrolling through something like Instagram, for example, and you are looking at people and what they have and what they're doing and where they're going, it's easy. It's very tempting to fall into the trap of comparison. And so we're comparing what they have versus what we don't have or where they got to go versus where we haven't had the opportunity to go or what they've accomplished versus what we haven't accomplished. And man, you want to get discouraged. You want to feel defeated. Let me tell you something. You want to get negative. You want to get critical. You want to kind of fall into a little funk in your life. Then just compare other people with where you are and what you have. And trust me, you will lose your joy really, really fast. And so here's the thing I want to share with you. Because listen, the devil wants to rob you of the blessings that God has given you. He's a thief. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to rob you of the blessings that God has given you. And he wants to rob you from the joy that truly can only come from the Lord by being content in our relationship with him and all that he has given to us. Now think about what you do have. Now, most of us, even in the midst of this coronavirus, has had food to eat. Now we have, we've given out a lot of meals. In fact, we've given out um, literally over uh, 11,000 meals through some of our partners that we've helped bless. So yes, there's a lot of people who haven't had food to eat, but for a lot of people, they still have had food on their table. Some have had three meals. Some have had four meals, five meals, six meals. You may well stick to three. But the point is, is that we've all had food on our table. For some of us, think about it. We have a bed to sleep in. We have clothes on our back. For some of us, we have a pair of shoes. Now, if you have a pair of shoes, just one pair of shoes, do you realize that's more than literally a lot of people have in the entire world? As a matter of fact, most of us, we got, you know, we got we got shoes for different colors and we got shoes to run in, shoes to, you know, walk in. We got, we got high heels. We got low heels, no heels. We got, you know, we got flip flops. We got cowboy boots. We got high tops. We got low tops. We got all kinds of shoes. And yet a lot of times we'll complain that we need more shoes. You know what I'm saying? And then think about the cars that we have to drive. Think about, you know, the fact that we live in America where all we have to do is take out our, our phone and call someone like an Uber to come pick us up, kind of like a personalized chauffeur. Think about the incredible blessings of having a, a phone in our hand that does more than allow you to talk. You can FaceTime, you can shop online, you can go on social media, and as a matter of fact, you can even order a pizza all from a simple app on your phone. So let me tell you something. Most of us are so blessed that we forget the fact of just how blessed we truly are. And only in America do we actually upgrade things that work, you know, because we want it faster or thinner or lighter or whatever. We are always looking for something more. Why? Because we are not content 
with what we currently have. Philippians 4 verses 11 through 13 says it this way, and I love how it captures it in the paraphrase version in the message. It says, I don't have a sense of needing, Paul said, anything personally. So this is Paul the Apostle speaking. He said, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as, as with much, with much as with little. I have found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. So what a great reminder from the Apostle Paul. Hey, we need to be content with what we have and give thanks for that. And then the third statement is this, and that is, I will turn every blessing I have into praise. This is huge. This is where the leper, the one leper who turned back, he stopped in his tracks. He did a 180. He went back to Jesus and he bowed before him. What did he do? He gave thanks. He turned his blessing into praise. And I think that's so important. If, we would, if we're going to remain optimistic in this negative world, especially in this season that we're in right now, man, we got to turn the blessings that we do have into praise and give glory and praise and honor to the one who has graciously provided and taken care of us and has blessed us, who is our six, who's had our back during these difficult times. In Psalm 63, verses four and five, it says, so I will thank you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands to pray in your name. You satisfy my soul with the richest foods. My mouth will sing your praise with joyful lips. What a powerful reminder that truly is. Let me share something with you. How can we become thankful and how can we actually turn our thanksgiving into praise? Well, let me tell you how you can do that. By simply being reminded of what you do have and then suddenly pretend as though you've lost it. Now, for a lot of you, that has actually happened. That's a reality. So you've had something that's meaningful and important to you, such as a job, and you've lost it. Maybe a loved one who's died as a result of the coronavirus or some other type of health condition. Someone who you loved, who mattered to you greatly, but then you lost them. Our son, Luke, when we, as a family, young family, years ago, were at Disney World and we were on, we were at Magic Kingdom when we were on Main Street and, and our, we had our three children with us, our two daughters and our son, Luke, and and I don't know what happened. As you know, the situation, I mean, the place is packed. It's before coronavirus, obviously. And the place is packed just to see if humanity. And all of a sudden, we got distracted. We were looking. We were looking at the map, trying to figure out where we were going to go. And as soon as we kind of got our bearings together and got oriented as to where we were going to go, we looked to make sure everybody was intact. And sure enough, Luke was gone. And you know, as a parent, man, you just got that feeling of panic and you're you're literally just yelling his name and you're looking everywhere and he was nowhere to be found and so we finally went to one of the cast members and we said hey we're missing our our son and where what can we do where should we go and they told us about a the lost parent you know uh section where you could actually go and and claim your children that are missing and that's exactly what we did we went to this little place and sure enough there's luke and in that moment, we were so relieved, we were so elated, we just simply embraced him. But I'm here to tell you, here's what mattered. In that moment, for us as parents, 
the single most important thing in our, there was nothing else that mattered to us, absolutely nothing in the world that mattered to us that was more important than finding our son. And I'm here to tell you, when you realize that what you have and then all of a sudden you lose it, man, it makes you really count your blessings and realize just how blessed you truly are. And I think that's maybe what we need to do today is we need to practice in our minds of really identifying what those things are that mean a lot to us, that have great value, that really matter to us. And what if we were to lose them? Well, let's not go to the extreme of having to lose something in order to learn now in this moment of how grateful we really are that we still have those things. So today, I just want to remind you that, listen, the best way for us to stay optimistic is to embrace this attitude of gratitude. Because Psalm 103 verses 2 and 5 says it this way, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. And he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. So if we're going to stay optimistic, let's don't focus on the things that we don't have. Let's stay focused on the things that we do have and know and understand and remind ourselves that every good thing that we have comes from God. Would you join me in a word of prayer? And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, you know, you may be a follower of Jesus and maybe you're guilty. I know I can confess this today, that there have been countless times in my life, even as a follower of Jesus Christ, where, you know what, I've taken things for granted. I have found myself kind of shifting my focus towards things of the world, you know, temporal things, comparing, you know, looking at what other people have and what I may not have or what other people have accomplished or what I haven't accomplished. And if we're not careful, I know this is true in my own life. It robs me of my joy. And maybe today you need to shift that perspective. And maybe today you just need to ask God to give you your joy back. And that joy comes through contentment. That joy simply comes from realizing that God has blessed you more than you could possibly ever imagine. So I want to give you that moment right now just to maybe in your heart of hearts, just to tell God what you need to tell him through prayer and just once again, kind of turn those blessings back into praise and thank him. Be that, be like that one leper. Just tell God today, right now, right, right where you are, just say, God, thank you. God, thank you. You know, if some of you that are watching, maybe what's missing in your life is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe that void that you've been trying to fill by all those temporal things just hasn't satisfied. And that's the reason for your discontent. The only thing that can fill that void is a personal relationship with Jesus. He fills your life and he fills your heart with only what he can give, not what other people or what this world can give you. And what he gives you is going to last forever. It's all eternity. So eternity is hanging in the balance. And right where you are, I want to invite you to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. And I'll lead you through it. You can pray something like this to say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And I believe, Jesus, you died on a cross and you arose again. And today I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life today to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, if you just prayed that prayer just then, 
Can I simply share some good news with you? Your name has been written in heaven and you are a brand new person. Listen, your sin has been forgiven, your past has been erased, and you got a brand new beginning and you got a bright future ahead of you. Because let me tell you something, God has a wonderful plan and a purpose and he has a hope for your future. And so I just wanna encourage you today, if you prayed that prayer, would you do me a favor? Would you simply text the words, I decided on that, with that number there on the screen, just text the words, I decided, and send that to us through that text there, and it's gonna shoot you a little brief form. Now please, please take a moment, fill out that form. I wanna send you a digital download. It will instantly come to you, and it's a digital download of our little booklet we put together called Rethinking Life Every Day. It will help answer spiritual questions you have. It will outline some next steps in your spiritual journey. It gives you a little 30-day reading plan so you can start reading your Bible and learning more about the importance of making Jesus the center of your life. Well, listen, I want you to know we celebrate you. Hey, we love you. We're so thrilled and honored that you've chosen to worship with us today. Don't miss next week. It's going to be powerful as we continue in part three of our series called Stay Optimistic. Well, hey, we love you. Thank you once again for being a part of what God is doing. Make sure to join us on Growth Track. In fact, I'd encourage you to comment there in the, or send a comment in the, in the comment section. Just put Growth Track and we'll send you a form. We're going to be doing that this evening at five o'clock and we look forward to seeing you there on Facebook. Facebook, you can join us for Growth Track. It's your first and best step to take to become a part of our new spiritual family known as Rethink Life Church. Well, have an amazing day and just know the best is still yet to come. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories, and be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.